You're listening to Talk Birthday to Me, the podcast. I'm your host, Kelby Prop, and I'm creating a space to talk about infertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and motherhood. Tune in to hear guest interviews and real-life experiences from real moms. Hello, welcome to today's podcast. I'm Kelby, and today we're going to talk to Jonelle, and I am so excited to talk to her. She is a chiropractor and a naturopathic up in northern Colorado, and I am so excited to talk to her about everything that she does, and she's also a great friend, so I'm just excited for you guys to listen to her. Jonelle, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Oh, sure. Um, thank you so much. Gosh, that was a nice welcome. Uh, so my name is Dr. Jonelle Shaw. I am both a chiropractor and a naturopath, and as far as I know, I'm the only one in all of Colorado, so that's pretty cool. Uh, hopefully, I do have some colleagues on their way, so watch out, Colorado. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm Jonelle. I have a clinical practice here in Fort Collins called Shaw Family Practice, and what I do there is very different than anyone else that I know. So I have been to other chiropractors in the area and most of them um, are usual chiropractors, they're pretty common, you know? Um, But my practice, because I have both um, the philosophy of chiropractic and naturopathic, things look a lot different in my office. So I end up holding space and acknowledgement and loving the people who come in because they're the ones who end up um, seeking care when they're feeling shame, isolation, and guilt. Um, and so when I'm there in practice and I, and I hold that space for them, they're able to see who they truly are and live a life that they're proud of. So it's way more than just, hey, I have back pain and I need help. You know, it's people come in, um, maybe they're having postpartum depression, maybe they're going through the isolation of having a newborn. Um, And so they're looking for a chiropractor, but then they're also looking for something else. And that's where both trainings come into play and kind of is magical for for these people and, and how much it changes their lives. So that's the work I do. Any questions about that? <laughs> no, I think it's awesome. What got you into doing chiropractic? That's, that's a weird question um, for me anyways, because I, I say what I do is way more than back pain, but that's actually what brought me into chiropractic. Um, so I was a patient myself. Um, and before I became a patient, I was a personal trainer and I had a coworker who just kept going, gosh, man, you really are hurting. And I can tell, and you should go see my chiropractor. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yep. Sure. Uh, I'll do that one day. And she, I think she, she laid on me for like a year and she kept going, you know, you'd feel a lot better if you went to my chiropractor. And I was like, yeah, I don't have money for that. I was a college student, you know, and she was like, no, I really think you should go. And I was like, yeah, okay. And, and, you know, being a personal trainer, I thought I could handle it myself. Maybe if I exercised a different way, if I stretched, if I got a massage, if I did this and that, and nothing really took away the pain that I had. And it just got to the point where I was used to it you know, and people go through life like that all the time. I see people constantly in here where that's their starting point. They're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea I could feel better. Right. And I had the same experience. So I went to a guy, uh, he went by Dr. Mike. Um, He was here in Colorado and um, now he's gone. He's Mr. Mountain Man out in Idaho, which I love him. He's so wonderful. Um, But he was the reason I got started in this. So I was a patient. I went in. My first adjustment, I was like, uh, oh my God, this is so different. And I, and I called up a friend and I said, is this how you feel every day? And they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, my body, it's moving. I feel like a, 
like a slinky. And they're like, you're insane. I don't know what you're talking about. I feel like I always feel it. I don't know what you're, what you're saying. And so I, I felt amazing. And so my personal training got easier. My exercises were awesome. And, um, I had seen a huge change in myself. So then I ended up getting my boyfriend at the time involved. And so we both signed up for care and he loved the science behind it all. So he's all about his intellect. And so when the doctor said, you know, it's about your brain body connection and we can make your brain function better. He was like, I'm in. And he's now a physicist. So that tells you he valued the brain. I valued the body as a personal trainer. So together we we found chiropractic. Um, and so I started seeing other patients there really achieving some fantastic results. Like there were kids with autism coming in, um, vision issues. We had a Parkinson's guy there. Um, and so you got to know the community really well. And eventually I ended up being... Um, an assistant there. I, I joined because I was like, well, I'm going, I need a job. And they ended up having an opening. And I was like, oh, I'm so in. Like, you guys have changed my life. I'm in. And I stayed there and worked there for five years. Okay. Uh, so most of my um, college education, I was still working part time there. And it was phenomenal. Um, so eventually, I had somebody say, you know, you could be a doctor. And I said, no, <laughs> there's no way. Uh, I was raised by a single mom. We were super poor. That none of that experience um, had led me to believe that I could do something that that big or that audacious. Like that, being a doctor, that sounded nuts. And eventually, I talked to Dr. Mike, and I was like, "How hard is it to go through school for that?" And he's like, "I'll." I'll be really honest with you. A lot of marriages don't survive chiropractic school. Uh, doing graduate school for anything is really tough. And so I was like, oh, okay. And I looked into it and it just kept weighing on me. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I, mm, I think I should. And I, and I talked to uh, my boyfriend at the time, Daniel. He's now my husband. And he was like, I don't see why you couldn't. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so uh, we discussed, you know, what that might look like, where we would go. And he was so amazing. He went with me to tour all five of the naturopathic colleges in um, the U.S. And um, there's a lot of chiropractic colleges, so I didn't mm -hmm. think that I needed to go and, and look at all of them. But since there were only five naturopathic ones, I was like, we're going to go tour all five. And the very last one I went to, I was getting ready to give up on this dream. I was like, maybe I'm not going to be a doctor because I knew I didn't want to be a medical doctor. Like drugs weren't the answer for me and my family. Mm -hmm. um, so I was looking for something else. And this came about and I was like, oh my gosh, yes. So the very last school that we went to, I signed up on the dot. <laughs> I finished wow. the floor. I said, this is the place for me. There are willow trees out by their lake. And I was like, I could study under those. These are amazing. I, I belong here. And it was a tiny little school out in um, Lombard, Illinois, National University of Health Sciences. Nobody knows about it. Everybody in the area, if you lived in Illinois, you probably wouldn't know about it. And um, it doesn't have a huge reputation or a huge following, but man, it was the place for me. It had both the naturopathic and the chiropractic. So it was just fundamentally the school that I wanted to go to because of that. Um, because before that, I thought I might be a midwife. That would be cool. Um, but then my husband reminded me, babies come you know, <laughs> without planning and you, you, can't, you can't plan everything around that, Jonelle. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't, I'm a planner. I can't, maybe I don't want to go and catch babies at night. Yeah, that, that middle of the night call. 
yeah, that's not for me. Um, so that was how I got into chiropractic and naturopathic medicine was, um, you know, my own experience. So, yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Can you kind of <clears throat> explain a little bit about what naturopathic care is? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Ooh, that's a big one. Okay. So I'm going to make it as simple as possible for everybody. Just a little taster. So, um, if you like the idea of it, you can go and look at it more. So naturopathic medicine, um, they are trained as primary care doctors for the most part. Some states, that's not how it is. They're, um, they're considered the first line of entry into, um, care. Okay. So you can go to a naturopath for anything basically. Um, so there are a few principles that guide naturopaths and what we think are foundational aspects of naturopathic medicine. So, um, when we look at the word naturopathic, what are we looking at? Well, there's nature and then there's disease. So what we're trying to do is look at using nature in order to help suffering. Okay. So, um, the first thing that we, we always do when we're looking at um, patient care is doing no harm. Most doctors subscribe to this. It's in our uh, physician's oath. We don't want to harm the patient and that is key in naturopathic medicine. So then the second principle is to use the healing power of nature and this is referred to in lots of different fancy terms depending on your background. So for naturopaths, if you look at um, really old um, books from Germany with nature cure, they'll talk about the V's, which is that healing power of nature. It's what animates us and separates your living body from a corpse. Okay. So it's, it's that spark of life in Chinese medicine. It's the chi in chiropractic. It's the innate intelligence. So it's really the power that your body has to heal itself. Okay. Um, and so the, the therapies that we use are natural, but, um, the whole reason for them is not to do something to the body from the outside in, but rather to support your own body's ability to heal itself from the inside out. And both chiropractic and um, naturopathic have this at their core. Um, so that's one reason why I got into both, because for me, they had the same philosophy. Um, but if you talk to other people, they may not see it the same way. But for me, that's what it is. Um, the third principle of naturopathic medicine is to address the fundamental cause of disease. So we're looking for the root cause. So when you're, when you're thinking about symptoms or what somebody's coming in for, they might say, hey, I have a fever, I've got a runny nose. And when we see that, we go, okay, those are markers telling me that something in the body is off balance. Something in this person's life needs to change. So are they eating junk food? Because think about it, you could be a perfectly healthy person, have really bad meals and you know like let's say you go on vacation and you start eating a bunch of junk food and all the pastries and um we have a rule when you're in italy you have to have gelato so you know if i have a week of gelato um then i'm going to have a depressed immune system because all that sugar has an effect let's say you don't do well with gluten you eat a bunch of gluten you're not going to feel good afterwards mm -hmm. and so it's not hey i don't feel good and that's the problem no that's just the marker of a problem so if you're driving your car and the check engine light comes on one you're gonna be like oh crap i gotta go do something about this something's not right and that's exactly what these symptoms are telling us something isn't right we need to find out what it is the light itself 
stuff is not the problem. The signal is not the problem. You need to go deeper than that and figure out why that came on, what's happening. So that's that. <laughs> I love it. Um, number four is to treat the whole person. So when people come in, um, in my clinic, we've got really detailed paperwork and it asks all kinds of crazy questions that people are like, I haven't thought about that. I don't know. Like, how are my relationships? How do I connect with my spouse? Um, what am I eating? What, how have I been taking care of myself? What are my dreams? What, what makes me super happy? What am I really passionate about? Why do those things matter? And it matters because those are the parts of your life that you want to embrace and you want to work towards. Like, who cares about pain? Yes, when you're in pain, you want to be out of pain. But when you're out of pain, then what? Are you perfect? Are you great? Are you living the life you want just because you don't have pain? Probably not. Mm -hmm. There's usually something that's motivating you to be a better person, to be a better mother, to show up better for your community and your family. Um, you know, if, if you die and you didn't live out your purpose, man, who wants to live with that, you know? So I always think about what can you do to be the best version of yourself? And those tend to be the questions and the shifts that help people the most with their health because they may not be motivated to make a lot of changes until you see the downstream effects of not living up to your potential. So yeah. treating the whole person is really key in naturopathic medicine. And that also affects, you know, how we address different traumas for, from people's past. So that's a lot of um, mental emotional work that we do too. Um, number five is doctor is teacher. So it, the word for doctor actually means teacher and we're teaching people how to live healthy lives and what influences their health. So I do a lot of workshops, a lot of free workshops, because I think it's really important for people to have the tools to take care of themselves, but then also to be able to make the changes for themselves. So whatever you learn in my office, you're going to learn and have that for the rest of your life. Yeah. You're getting better every time that you come and see me because then you have more and more skills to use. So you definitely want a doctor who's a teacher. Okay. And then the other thing um, is preventative medicine. So what we're doing is when we look at lab work, let's say, um, we're looking at functional patterns to see, is there something that's developing here? It's not to the point that it's a diagnosable disease or illness yet, but maybe you have anemia. Maybe you're headed towards having anemia. What does that mean? Well, you already have fatigue, but you don't have the lab results to show, man, this is happening. Or maybe we're suspecting that there's a thyroid problem before your labs actually show, like you have full-blown autoimmune thyroid issues. So um, what we do is we end up trying to do a lot of lifestyle modifications so that we're preventing big crises in the future so that you don't have to just be like, oh my gosh, I was fine. And then I was in the hospital. Right. So we're doing that prevention so we um, can avoid those nasty consequences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So with pregnant mamas and kiddos, I know you see infants as well. Um, what does a typical appointment look like? <clears throat> I know it varies based on each person, but what would a typical appointment look like, look like just walking into your office with okay. a pregnant mama? Sure. Um, so for pregnant moms, when they come in, it's really about how this pregnancy is affecting their life. Um, so what are their goals for the pregnancy? You know, um, do they want a home birth, a hospital birth? Do they want to do um, a vaginal birth? Have they had a C-section? It really, you know, is going around their whole reproductive history. 
and what births have been like in the past for them, how they're preparing for their birth now, and um, trying to make sure that if they have a predisposition for anything like gestational diabetes or preeclampsia or something like that, that we address it now versus waiting for that to happen during this pregnancy. So if somebody's worried about gestational diabetes, then we're going to go ahead and start working on things to prevent that in the first place. Okay, um, so when folks come in, we do a detailed history. Uh, we sit down and we talk about their dreams for this pregnancy, the dreams for their baby, um, how they feel about this pregnancy, because not all pregnancies were planned for, not all of them are going really well. Um, I'm one of those women who did not have a great pregnancy. Um, and then it's really looking back and, and making sure like, is there something in your past that you are concerned might rear its head during this? So for me, um, I had a history of sexual abuse. And so during my pregnancy, I was really concerned about any of those old traumas and wounds coming up. So I did a lot of um, reading about it, talking to other moms who had had um, this kind of trauma as well, and then doing work to make sure that that wasn't something that affected me so that I was still able to have the birth that I wanted. And I say that um, because there are a lot of women who want to, to just be like, no, that was in the past. It's not going to affect my future. I'm not going to let it. And unfortunately, um, when you go through a birth, you understand that you are not really in full control of everything happening. Um, so your body's going to take over and those old patterns are going to come up. So if there's some kind of baggage that you're bringing around, you want to make sure that you get it addressed. Um, so in pregnancy, we make sure that we, we're looking at all those traumas. Um, the other thing would be to make sure that your body is able to function and move as well as it can during this process. So um, if your pelvis, which is the home for your baby for the next nine, 10 months, um, if it's not adequately moving properly or opening, um, you are gonna have way more pain during your pregnancy. You might have round ligament pain, you might have some back issues, Braxton Hicks, things like that. Um, and then you end up having quality of life changes. And so in order to have this beautiful pregnancy, you really wanna make sure that you've got that strong um, structural foundation on top of the mental emotional stuff. So we're going to look at all of those factors and everything around your life to make sure that this pregnancy is as awesome as it can be. Um, and then when folks come in, if there is a physical thing, we're going to address it. So maybe that's a chiropractic adjustment. Maybe it's some soft tissue work, um, teaching you how to do different exercises to change your carrying angle, because that can have huge effects on um, the labor and birth experience. So I was one of those moms who ended up having a sunny side up baby, which increases one, the time and the, and the length of the labor, but then it also increases the um, pain that you have during contractions because yeah. that baby is pushing on your solar plexus, your, your um, sacral plexus. And those nerves don't like being pushed on you know, your tailbone doesn't want to have that kind of pressure on it. And um, yeah, that was, that was a huge thing for me. And the reason why I, as a chiropractor, didn't end up having the best positioning was because I was adjusting people and not taking care of my body the way that I should have. And so now I make sure like, 
man, you got to do extra work on top of just getting adjusted. There are exercises yeah. that you want to be doing and, um, you know, opening exercises. Uh, I also had a breech baby. Um, he was breech, you know, right up until a few weeks before I gave birth. And so I did everything, including Webster technique, mock Sebastian with um, acupuncture. Um, I was doing spinning babies. I was doing yoga. Yeah. I was literally doing everything I could everything. think of. I even did like the fun, fa the flashlight trick that you can do where, like, yeah. where, you know, your baby can see inside of the womb. So let's put a flashlight there. Yeah. I can tell you, man, my life was controlled, at least at the end of that pregnancy that last month doing anything I could to flip that baby mm -hmm. so um there are reasons why babies don't flip sometimes and I have been a part of some of those pregnancies where um I saw a woman who um, she had been seeing another chiropractor and um, when her labor came her chiropractor wasn't available but she was like I know I need an adjustment so we adjusted her and we waited to see um you know, everything looked like it was progressing well. Her midwives were ready for her to um, go ahead and deliver. And that baby did not end up progressing. And she had um, climaxed into labor um, where it looked like it was going to um, be a delivery three different times. This woman had had a really long labor. And what ended up happening was she ended up getting a C-section because the cord was so um, wound around that baby's neck that they couldn't descend. So there are times where even with all of the preventative care, sometimes a birth still ends up being a cesarean, whether or not you wanted it, um, because of an emergency situation. So being prepared for those is another aspect of care where I go, okay, we know what your ideal birth is, but let's make sure that no matter what route this birth takes, um, that you're prepared for it and that we make the best choices for you possible mm -hmm. so you feel empowered the whole way through. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. And then for um, newborns, how quickly do you see newborns? Oh, gosh. I have adjusted a baby the same day they were born. Okay. okay. So those are the best situations. And the reason why I say that is because the sooner you can correct the misalignment between the brain and the body, so the spine is just the window to that, okay? And if you can correct any subluxation or misalignment in the spine, it makes it so that there's less damage happening to the nervous system and also all of the downstream organs. So if there is a misalignment in the spine, there's less communication getting from your brain to the end organs. And that, for a rapidly growing human, which is a newborn, um, that makes a huge difference and really quickly. So fixing, um, you know, any injuries from birth, it, you want to get that done immediately. Um, so sometimes there are what's called like herbs palsy and things like that, where um, there was damage to either the neck from having to use forceps or um, a vacuum extraction so that the cranial bones aren't moving well, so that then the baby's not latching well. Um, or maybe there's um, a brachial plexus issue like the herbs palsy, because sometimes babies come out in all kinds of ways, right? right. And so they've got a ton of, of um, pressure on them when the uterus contracts every single time. It's like you being shoved through a door, a doggy door, head first by someone who's really, really strong on the other end, mm -hmm. right? You're like, okay, look, I'm going to get through. I'm going to get through. I'm going to go. Gosh, I'm going. Come on. <laughs> and um, so you've, you've got this child going through all of this strain. Um, so of course their spine is being, you know, pushed for hours and hours. 
And so um, we're able to take that pressure off the nervous system and you can see a baby just relax. Oh, mm. when babies have been colicky or something like that and you go through and you adjust them, you can see their, their body relax and they melt into your hands. Um, sometimes it's, it's, you know, they haven't been able to latch well or mom's supply isn't looking really good and they're getting concerned. They're getting ready to use formula or donor milk. And so, um, adjusting mom and baby at that point can help their bonding. It can help make it so that both people's nervous system are functioning um, optimally so that there's that emotional connection that um, they become in, intertwined and, and kind of fit together like a puzzle piece so that both then are able to adapt to the other. And that's the highest form that you really want to make sure that your baby is able to adapt to what's going on. Um, so if you see your baby's like listless and they're, you know, maybe they're restless and, and they just really need some comfort, that could be a great way to go. Um, so I do recommend getting babies at least checked. If you're nervous about adjustments, you talk to your chiropractor. Not every chiropractor is the same. There are um, chiropractors who specialize in this, like I do, um, and so there's organizations that they go through. Like um, me, I'm, I'm part of two, so I'm part of the American Academy, um, the American Chiropractic Association Pediatrics Council, and then I'm also part of the ICPA, which is the international um, group that helps to train chiropractors so that then they have the best tools to help children. Okay. So um, if you're looking for somebody like that, that's um, icpa4kids.org, and you'll be able to find anybody in your area. Awesome. Yeah, I always, when moms are, you know, that second and third week with newborns can be kind of where they start to get that really fussy period. And I always have moms saying, well, they're not, they don't want to eat on the right side, or they don't want to eat on the left side. They just don't eat very much. Is it my supply? Or why are they colicky? And that's usually kind of my first line is, well, if there's nothing else that has changed, go to a chiropractor because I have seen incredible results from that. Yeah. I've had, I had this one mom um, and she had a colicky baby. Um, and so we adjusted her and, and I'm a fan of natural um, methods and regular chiropractic care because we continue to live lives. We sit in cars, things like that. But for babies, they're changing so quickly. Sometimes it's, um, it's a developmental milestone that you really want to use that as a marker to take them back in for another recheck. So um, for this little one, she was down in Denver. So the drive up here is pretty long, but she trusted me. And so that's the only person she wanted to take her go to. Even though I, I referred her to people near her, she's like, no, no, I'm coming to you. Mm -hmm. So I adjusted this baby when she was itty, itty bitty. She's so cute. Oh my gosh. And she just adjusted. She, she adjusted so well, so smoothly. It was just the tiniest little bit of pressure that was needed. And she was fine. This, this mom had had a really short labor. And, um, so her baby was shoved out that doggy door really fast. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes those, those babies also need to be checked and, can respond really quickly. Well, then what ended up happening when that baby um, started latching and feeding better, um, her mom noticed like, oh man, all of a sudden my nipples hurt. All of a sudden I'm chafing, things aren't going well. Um, do you think an adjustment might help? And I said, well, let's give it a shot. Why don't you bring her in? So we adjusted babe, she was teething. Okay. And that changed the way that she was biting down. She had some palate work, um, which changes the way that the nipple hits the roof of the mouth and the suction that they can get. And so we changed all of that. And 
immediately she was better. She's like, oh, my nipples are awesome. <laughs> so for breastfeeding moms, that can make a huge difference. Yep. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, what are some of the tips that you have for chiropractic care for postpartum? Oh my goodness. Um, so it depends on what kind of birth you had, honestly. Um, but either way you were carrying a human, you had this lovely home for them in your pelvis and now that's gone. So now we're trying to rework where organs are in your body because now everything can drop back down into their usual position. Tissues have been stretched and had pressure on them and now that's gone. So that's another change that has to happen. Your balance has to change because your pelvis now has to return to its usual um, angle Whereas before it was open because you were having a baby. So now it's got to come back together and heal. And um, so we're dealing with all of those changes, plus all of the mental emotional things, because you're clearing out all those hormones from being pregnant. And if you're breastfeeding, you've got all of that happening. So there's a lot of stress and changes happening in a postpartum body. That's why we call it the fourth trimester, because just like pregnancy, you had all these huge hormonal shifts and things happening. That's also another pivotal time. So um, I adjust women soon after they give birth, um, because we're trying to make sure that everything is back in alignment as you're healing. You want to make sure that the body has the best communication from the brain to the body and everything is healing. Okay. So um, when we're trying to make sure that structures of the body are in a healthy um, alignment, that really helps everything. Um, it also helps the nervous system has a way of holding on to um, emotional trauma and triggers. So sometimes when you get adjusted, you'll go, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. It's because it increases your ability to adapt to the stress put on you because now you've got a physical stress lifted off, which gives you extra bandwidth to deal with a crying baby, to deal with all of these crazy changes where you're caring for a newborn every day and you're like, oh my gosh, I have all this stuff plus sleep deprivation and I'm doing all these new things, you know, like who knew how to do cloth diapers? Who knew how to <laughs> diaper and, and bathe this itty bitty baby? You know, they're slippery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times things have happened where you're like, um, okay, I'll find a new way to do this because now my baby is a little bit bigger. So now they're too big for the sink and now I have right. to adapt to the, to the bathtub. And then you're like, oh, can I bend down like that? Is my body going to be okay in that situation? Um, so bathing babies can be difficult, but if you need some help with that, that's another time to come on in and, and ask for help. Um, yeah. So with chiropractic care, I definitely think that whenever your body has a problem adapting to any stresses put on it, whether that's physical or mental, that can be a huge help. Um, but then there's also being able to teach you how to um, care for yourself and exercises that you can do on that end. So there's a lot of um, upper body strength that has to be developed when you're caring for a newborn because all of a sudden you're constantly holding, you know, this something between five and 12 pounds yeah. <laughs> for hours on end. You know, your biceps are like, oh my gosh, and is my back strong enough? Is my chest strong enough? Oh my gosh, all of a sudden my hands are going numb. What's going on? Well, you constantly have your hands in front of your body and you're not using your back muscles to support your posture and hold that mm -hmm. baby effectively. Or you're pushing through your pelvic floor and you're starting to notice, wow, when I sneeze, I wet myself. 
what's going on? So having that sling, the hammock in your pelvic floor in a position that's healthy helps so that you don't have those problems. So structural support is very good for um, postpartum care as well as pregnancy. Yeah. How um, early can you do chiropractic care if you've had a C-section? That's a great question. So depending on the chiropractor that you're seeing, um, if they have the ability to do like an activator or really gentle technique like network or SOT, those are just really specific um, modalities that some chiropractors are trained in. Um, I myself, I do activator. So that's something that we can do pretty much instantaneously. I'm not putting stress on the... um, on the sutures that you have, but then there's also the ability to adapt over time. So depending on your comfort level, um, some doctors like myself, for for people that I've been caring for through their pregnancy, I'll go and I'll do a home visit. Um, So that way, you know, you don't have to pack up your newborn and come on down. When you've had a C-section, like lifting that baby, especially in a carrier or something like that, you can't do, you know? Mm -hmm. So what, you're gonna have a friend or a spouse come with you to go to the office, I don't know about you, but I was not ready to leave the house for weeks after I gave birth. Um, And my husband definitely had to convince me like, hey, let's go to Target. And I was like, what? I can't take my baby in the car? What? Like... (laughs) it was it was a huge adjustment because then I was like is this car seat enough protection for them you know and and you have all those new mom worries um because you have this itty bitty baby to take care of so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah awesome I love that you do home visits I think it's really awesome I know for me after my c-section I was like I can't pick up that how do I go anywhere what happens if they freak out I don't have the I can't move fast enough to do anything about it Absolutely. And it's also really helpful for for families when they've had a new baby. Let's say, you know, it's not the first baby. Maybe they have other kids. Then it's like, Mm -hmm. can you pack up the whole family and come down? Like, you know that you need care, but you're like, man, that sounds... That sounds awful. (laughs) You can find a home call chiropractor who will come to you and do some body work. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to mention? Yes. (laughs) There's so much on new motherhood. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So um, with new moms, I would say that um, let go of the stress that you have of making the right decision on anything, whether it's disposable diapers or cloth diapers, seeing the chiropractor, seeing a naturopath, not doing any of those things, um, using meds when your baby has a fever or not. Like, Don't worry about so much the right thing to do. as, as it is for people judging your choices, but go from an empowered position where you know the kind of mother that you want to be and the values that you hold, and then making a choice from there, just like you did with your birth. Um, so knowing who you are at your core and then being a mom from that. So you're always yourself and then you're a mother. Um, you know, you lived so much of your life before you were a mom and, and it continues. So if you're able to do that, when somebody tries to judge your choices, you're like, no, it was the right choice for my family, or it was the right choice for me at that time. And if you can do that, then you'll avoid the mom guilt. Because I'm telling you, that can be so huge. I do think that being part of moms groups can help because then you kind of see the variety of moms and the different choices that people do choose to make. Mm -hmm. But it's also sometimes a really horrible place to be because you're like, 
they're saying not to do this or they're telling me to do that. And that's not a helpful resource then. That's more of a stressor than it is some kind of supportive environment. Right. Yeah. So um, I would say take the stress and, and, and let that fall to the side. That whole is it the right thing to do or not? If it aligns with your values and um, what you think is right for your family, then by all means, go that path. I think it goes so much back to the, you know, what's best for your baby. And once you know that decision and make that decision, then just stand firm in that decision. And you know, what's best for you and you know, what's best for your family and your baby and really anybody else's opinion after that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It'll save you a lot of mom guilt. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, um, can listeners find you? Well, um, I have a website, shawfamilypractice.com. You can find me there or um, you can go on Facebook, Shaw Family Practice. And I have a Fort Collins moms group where I do weekly calls. So um, that's where I do a lot of virtual workshops, unless you're in the Fort Collins area and then you can come to any of the free ones. Um, And I also post those um, through the Shaw Family Practice Facebook page. Um, Let's see, where else am I? I'm also on Instagram, Shaw Family Practice and she always has little facebook lives for workshops and stuff like that so definitely go check out her facebook and then do you have any resources that you want me to put on the show notes page for listeners yeah you know what i am working on um publishing different articles on all things mom so um you can find those on my website on the articles tab at the far right. Um, But that way you'll be able to see um, and get PDFs like downloadable versions so that then you have all these resources. Um, So like the one that I just did today is the three things that you must do during flu season. So it it talks about all of the natural ways that you can help your your body, your home, and then your family uh, to avoid the the flu. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate it. And I know that people have learned a lot from listening to you. Um, So make sure and check out Jonelle. And if you have any questions, you can either contact me or contact Jonelle and either of us would be happy to answer. Anything else before I let you go? No, I I think that's it. Good luck, moms. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For a list of our sponsors and resources talked about in today's episode or would like more information on my online birth classes, please visit my website, www.talkbirthytomepodcast.com. If you liked today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Or to connect with me and stay up to date on new weekly episodes, you can follow me on all social media at talkbirthytome.podcast or at Mommy Moda and Court. I truly appreciate your support and we will see you next week.